today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You have to understand that online, the non-Christian is watching the Christian. They're reading those posts. And I think the question that I have to ask, and I'll ask it of myself before you and before the Lord, question I have to ask is, what kind of representation, what kind of witness am I for the Lord? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Timothy. People have been unkind to each other for a long time. It's nothing new. But social media has enabled a new kind of maliciousness that's pure evil. As Pastor J.D. will point out in today's message, this evil is just as prevalent amongst Christians as non-Christians, and it reflects very poorly on the church. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Today we are going to begin a new book, the book of 1 Timothy. And our text today is going to be chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. The Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy and by the Holy Spirit in verse 1, by way of an introduction, says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. Might I add our only hope? (laughs) Verse 2, to Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to talk with you today about what I see as the lost art of kindness and compassion of Christians being merciful toward others. Actually, I was thinking about this over the last several months. I've sensed and even said that I wanted to devote an entire sermon to just this one topic. So this is probably that sermon. Uh, I want to talk about kindness. I want to talk about compassion. I want to talk about being merciful. You know, we live in a day and age where instead of being merciful toward others, Christians just fight and argue with others. I have to confess that one of the greatest concerns that I have as a pastor is the infighting among Christians on social media. It is a great concern that I have. It's it's very disturbing, it's very concerning, because you have to understand that online the non-Christian is watching the Christian. 
they're reading those posts. And I think the question that I have to ask, and I'll ask it of myself before you and before the Lord, the question I have to ask is, what kind of representation, what kind of witness am I for the Lord? when I post on social media, when I get into it. Now, don't get me wrong, we, we contend for the faith, we give to everyone an answer of that hope that lies within us, but there is this, this component of discernment, if I can call it that, that we so desperately need in this day in which we live, to be able to discern... Are they looking for an answer, or are they looking for an argument? And I have to confess again that for me, I mean, come on, I, I like a fight just like anybody else. I mean, somebody posts a comment on our YouTube channel, and oh my goodness, oh no you didn't. <laughs> oh yes they did. And my sanctification flees from me. I'm like, all right. It's on the wrist. <laughs> you know, and I mean, there's fire coming off the keyboard. I have to be careful. I don't do that. Don't look at me like that. Some of you are going, oh, wow, pastor. I didn't know. No, actually, you know, I, I, I actually, believe it or not, I, I am hardly ever on Facebook anymore. There was a time when I used to be on Facebook more often than I care to admit, but um, I pretty much for the most part stay off of it. Twitter, same thing. Uh, I'll go to my news feed to kind of stay up on, you know, what is going on. Uh, YouTube, we, you know, we have, of course, a lot of comments posted on YouTube, but we don't engage unless it's, you know, somebody that is talking about or asking about suicide, then we're on that very quickly. So anyway, I, I only say that to say this, that we have to be oh so careful as believers, because whether we like it or not, we are advertisement, for lack of a better word, for Jesus Christ. And the world is watching us as the Apostle Paul says, we are living epistles, meaning that we are living letters that people read. They read the letter of our lives. And they're asking themselves two questions about our lives and our Christian faith. The first question they're asking is, is it real? Are you the real deal? Or are you like all the rest? And the second question, perhaps more importantly, that they're asking is, does it work? And here's the thing. They want you to be the real deal, and they want it to work, because if it does work and it is real, they need it to be real, and they need it to work because they need Jesus. They're looking for hope, especially in the world that we're living in today. So this is what I want to talk about. just want to talk about kindness, compassion, being merciful. One would think that the Christian has enough to fight with and deal with when it comes to what I call the big three, the world, the devil, and the flesh. You would think that would 
you know, keep us pretty busy on a daily basis. But then you add fighting with brothers and sisters in Christ to the mix, and you have a recipe for disaster, which is exactly, by the way, what Satan wants. One of his strategies, successful strategies, I might add, is to get the Christian to do his dirty work for him and instead of him so he can just sit back and watch. He wants us to fight with each other and devour one another and destroy one another. It's almost a textbook case of killing two birds with one stone. You'll forgive the reference, but the the first thing he's accomplished is he's gotten us to destroy one another and devour one another. And then secondly, he's gotten the non-Christian to say, see, I mean, this is what a Christian looks like and acts like and posts like and is like. And No, thank you. No, thank you. In John's Gospel, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus is speaking, and listen to what he says. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. That's the source, that's the key, that's the secret, if you will. It's that love that comes from God that enables us to love one another. I've I've shared this story from early on in my marriage. (laughs) I was so pious, so full of myself, so spiritually proud, oh my goodness. And I remember one time just, you know, saying to my wife, I, I, I thought it was so profound, so deep, and I thought she would be so blessed. I said to her this, I said, honey, I love you with a love that can only come from God. And I was fully expecting her to just, oh, 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 I love you so much. She didn't do that. She looks at me with this look that only a wife can give. And she's like, you mean to tell me that you can't, I am so unlovable that you can't muster up enough love in and of yourself for me that the only way you can love me is if God gives you a love for me. And she started crying. I'm like, what? Where, what he did, wives, I don't know what it is or where it is that you get that from, but you have to understand, us guys, we don't get it. That's why we freeze when you say something and we give you that look, you know, like a dog when it doesn't, you know, (laughs) quite understand. It's kind of like so confused and, okay, well, how should I answer this? And Be merciful to us, wives, please. That's all we ask. But what I was saying to my wife is true. And I talk about this to every groom before I do their wedding. Because it's a pretty tall order if you think about it in Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives. 
Paul says three times, love your wives. The first time he says, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. I'm out. He says, husbands, love your wives as you already love your own body. I have yet to meet a guy that is not into how he looks as he walks by, (laughs) right? (laughs) And then he says it a third time, Husbands, love your wives as you love yourselves. And then he only says, and it's so imbalanced and disproportionate because he says three times, Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. Then he says to the wife, and wives, respect your husbands. That's it? Just one time, just like the five words, you know, and, and wives, respect your husbands. Really? So, so here's how it works. It, if a husband loves his wife that way, the way God has wired her and made her and created her, she will in turn proportionate to that love respect him. I mean, come on guys, let's be honest with ourselves, right? We want our wives to respect us. Respect me, woman. Don't, don't say it like that. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that he, that he doesn't say to the husband, respect your wife? Oh, that's not how he created the husband. This is not a teaching on marriage. I'm going somewhere with this. Just bear with me. What the Apostle Paul is saying to the husband is basically this. There is no way, there is absolutely no way, zero chance... The odds are slim and none, and slim left town. So do the math. There's no way you're ever going to be able to love your wife like that. Well, there is one way. The only way you can love her like that is by way of the love that comes from God, that God gives you and enables you to have by the Holy Spirit indwelling you to love her that way. That's the only way. Sometimes I have fun. Kind of got in trouble one time with one wedding because I kind of put the groom on the spot. You know, <laughs> they're up there and, you know, all the family and friends. And I said, and I said to him, I said, so, you know, I read Ephesians, you know, husbands love your wives. And I asked him, I said, so how are you going to do that? <laughs> he looks at me like, what did you just say? I said, how are you going to love her like that? He's like, I don't know. I said, I'm going to tell you how you're going to love her like that. It's going to come by the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you can love her. Because see, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. That's the fruit. So Jesus says, you're to love one another with that love that I have for you and have given to you. And then he takes it further in verse 35. He says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's how they're going to know. Oh, you mean it's not the the Christian bumper sticker I have on my car? No, that's not how they're going to know. It's not the size of the Bible that I bring to church? No. 
It's not how worn my Bible is. No. That's not the litmus test, if you will. The litmus test is how I treat you, how much I love you, how kind I am to you. And is that not what comes from the fruit of love? Gentleness, kindness, goodness, meekness, (laughs) patience, self-control. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the greatest, if not the greatest needs that we have as Christians, this would be it. Namely, that of loving one another, being kind to one another, and being compassionate and merciful toward one another. And here's why. We are living in perilous times. By the way, we're going to see this in First Timothy, and Second Timothy, actually. The times we are living in are most unforgiving of unkindness, not having love one for another, not being merciful, towards one another. And I think you would agree that there are serious concerns with what's happening in the world today. If there was ever a time that we needed to be loving, kind, gentle, patient, compassionate, merciful, it's now. It's now. Enter the text before us. Here, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, and I love this, he affectionately refers to him as his true son in the faith. And to understand why, you need look no further than to the account that we have in Acts, where Paul first met Timothy when he was there in Lystra. He he mentored him, he was like a spiritual father to him, he fathered him in the faith. And then Paul goes on to tell him, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus, who is our Savior, our hope, and our Lord. Pretty much covers it all. But here's what's interesting. This is not how Paul usually greeted the other churches, as we've seen in our study through the Bible. His typical greeting is grace and peace. One has referred to them as the Siamese twins. And it's in that order. It's never peace and grace. It's always grace and peace. And here's why. When you know the grace of God, you'll have the peace of God and the peace from God, grace and peace. But interesting, he doesn't greet Timothy, his true son in the faith, by saying grace and peace. He says grace, mercy, and peace. And the question becomes one of why does he add mercy to grace and peace? It should be noted that the only two letters where we see grace, mercy, and peace are to Timothy and Titus, 
we often refer to as the pastoral epistles. And the reason is because both Timothy and Titus were pastors. Stay with me. (laughs) The reason why Paul would say grace, mercy, and peace is because both Timothy and Titus were pastors, and pastors really need mercy. I know this might sound self-serving when I say this, but as a pastor, pastors need mercy more than anyone. It's important to understand that the word for mercy in the original language carries with it this idea of kindness and compassion. In other words, Paul expresses the mercy of God in the sense of showing concern for someone that's in serious need. He's in effect saying to Timothy, grace, mercy, and peace to you, my true son in the faith. Because I know that you have a serious need, and I have compassion for you, Timothy, and I know that you need the mercy of God. I would suggest that pastor or not, there's this need, and again, I would venture to say it is the greatest need that we as believers have, and it's just to be merciful, compassionate, and kind one to another. Just a kind word. Just one... Listen, I can, I can go a month with one kind word. One kind word. Just What if I told you that the degree in which we are merciful to one another will determine the mercy shown us? It's true. And so too, is this true when it comes to forgiveness? The degree in which we forgive will determine the forgiveness that is shown us. Is that not how Jesus taught us to pray? And what we, I think wrongly, refer to as the Lord's Prayer. It's not really the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is in Matthew 17. This prayer is really our prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In Matthew 6 verse 12, Jesus says to pray this way. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Other translations render it, Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged in your faith as we learn from the book of 1 Timothy together. One of the greatest lessons from this book is that it doesn't matter how young or old you are. If God calls you to something, answer his calling. He's faithful to use you and your gifting to further the kingdom in powerful ways. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. As always, we encourage you to keep studying the Bible on your own. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in this series, you'll be able to find them at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Maybe you've been listening today and you've become aware that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. 
You may already read the Bible and may even attend church, but have you surrendered your life to Christ? If not, today's the day to make that change. If you're not sure where to start, please visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com right now and find the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This will give you step-by-step instructions and will answer questions you might have about why this is so important. We also encourage you to be part of a church. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join our church family. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website. Again, that's InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Thanks for joining us for In Spirit and Truth.